the FCM Fit Podcast with Jimmy and Flavia. Hello and welcome to the FCM Fit Podcast with Jimmy and Flavia. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the benefits of suspension training and why you should be doing it. In nutrition, we look at how you can judge portion sizes by the palm of your hand. And in life, in the wake of tragic recent events, we talk about the pressures of being in the public eye and the effect it has had on both of us. So stay tuned. So, how are you doing? Very well, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done a podcast. We've been quite busy with various things. We've also had tragic news that was about uh, Caroline Flack, which I think affected quite a lot of people. It did. And it certainly affected us. We didn't know her personally, but I think with someone being in the same sort of industry and someone who you can see and relate to so so easily yeah for that to happen was was pretty bad we're going to go into that a bit more later yeah, on definitely and we've actually come away for a few days to Cornwall mm-hmm. which is our sort of place of peace little haven it's our little happy place well it's certainly Pablo and Zach's happy place mm-hmm. I mean they absolutely love it here you'll probably hear one of them snoring in the background yeah if you hear a little kind of weird grunting <laughs> noise that'll be old Zach in the background but um, no I think you know at certain times you have to come away we do we come away we've got to find our space where we can reset you know and we've we've come here to do that and it is very blustery it but is it's blowing a lot of cobwebs away Absolutely, and we're getting actually a lot of work done as well while we're here. We're getting a lot of work done, yeah. We tend to be quite productive when we are here, and as you said, cobwebs have been blown away. Yeah, exactly. And we've just been filming Phase 2 back back home, which is now uploaded to the website. Hooray, yes. Phase 2 is up and running. With merengue as well, the merengue interval's up there. Yep. When we go back next week, we film phase three, then all the phase workout will be will completed. Be done, yeah. We've had um, some lovely emails back from uh, subscribers, we've from members. Had, yeah, we've had some new members as well yeah, this we month, have which joined. has been really good. We've had some, uh, there's a couple of people who have been on it from the very beginning. Yeah. And, uh, their response has been amazing. Really so good. They're now moving on to phase two, which is really exciting. Yeah. So and it actually works, babe. We've had some lovely comments. Yeah. You actually know what you're doing. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and the other great thing that has been happening as we are, well, you're about to start your dance class. Yes, yeah, so my Dance with Flavia, that's all launched and ready to go. And uh, we're starting, I'm starting my course mm-hmm. for couples for 10 weeks, focusing on four different dance styles. Yep. Giving them a taster of these four different dance styles, working on technique as well, so they all look as good as possible. Yeah. And then I have launched my ongoing class as well. I thought, I think quite excited by that. For ladies, um, I had so much interest from um, from ladies that I thought, well, I, I've got to do something for them. Mm. So I've got a class where I'll be doing different dance styles every two weeks, and we'll be doing steps, but we'll also be focusing on technique because it's very right. important. You know, I love my technique, yeah, posture, and you know, working your body in the correct way so you can really, even through dancing, get a lot more benefits if you actually use some of the technique. Yeah, and also you engage your brain more, and more you engage your brain, the more calories you burn, and it's just much more beneficial to try and do things with a little bit of technique. Yeah, well, I mean, I think suppose that's the thing is that you know the way I know the way that you have approached your dance, you know, all these years, it's not just about knowing how to dance. 
you know, there's a lot more to it. There's a the way you approach it, the way you hold yourself. Mm. You talk about posture a lot. And that's, I suppose, is the time between that and yeah. your whole fitness yeah. program. I mean, anyone can learn the steps. You mm. know, I mean, I've had so thousands of people over the years say to me, I've got two left feet and things like that. I'll never be able to dance. Everyone can learn steps. It's just about moving forward or sideways or diagonal. That That's yeah. all steps are. But if you want to start to slightly look good and get more benefits from it, then you've got to start understanding a little bit about the technique. Yeah. And then that's when you start to feel it. That's when it starts to make sense with the music. That's when your body starts to kind of, you know, respond in a different way. Um, you get more enjoyment. And also, as I said, the, the thing for me is you'll get just more benefits. You know, your, your feet will become stronger. Your legs will become stronger. It's not just always about just having an aerobic workout. You know, because you can do that jumping up and down. Yeah. For half an hour, it's about training your ligaments and your tendons and your muscles and, you know, and every little bit of your body in the correct way. So it should be fun. Yeah, you went off actually Mm. to do a dance hit class. You've done a couple locally to us and they've gone down... Yeah, so really I did, well, uh, well I did, uh, we, we did Leicester, we did the big sports mm. centre, did dance hit there, which was really successful. And then I did a more local class in Dorking, which, um, where I did a bit of dance hit at the beginning just to get people warmed up, because that's my mix of, as you know, dance and fitness. And then I, I did a dance class, so we, we focused on the cha-cha and had a really good response there. And I think some of the ladies um, that were there were actually coming to to the local classes in Guildford. So um, I'm really excited about the, the teaching, actually, because it's the first time in many, many, many years that I've actually been able to do something more regular. Yeah. Kind of it's ongoing. But it's great, isn't it? Because you're actually having contact with people. You're actually in that kind of... I know a lot of the stuff we're doing now is online, which mm. is brilliant, but you can't be actually working with people one-on-one. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, it's it's great to be able to be in a position where I can do that now. So hopefully it will take off and fly and um, and people will keep coming and enjoying it. Yeah, that's good. Mm. So that moves us from there, dance, fitness to fitness. So this mm. week we want to talk a bit about suspension training. Now, yeah. there might be a lot of people who don't know what that is, might be listening what is suspension training? Because I tell you, it sounds painful. Mm. <laughs> suspension training is brilliant. I did a course recently uh, with uh, Parallel uh, Coaching. Yeah, you did an instructor's an course. An instructor's right? course with them. They're good friends of ours and probably will be on our podcast very yeah. soon. And um, we have one of them. We have a TRX. And there's, there's a variety of different types of suspension training equipment that you can you can buy. We've got TRX, which is probably, I'd say, maybe one most of the well most known. well-known. There are there are several others out there as well, which are very good, probably slightly less pricey, maybe, mm. than TRX. And it's basically all it is, really, in essence, is two straps with different handles. So you've got a foot strap and then you've got your hand handles. And you anchor, you have an anchor point where you attach these two straps. And then you also have extra accessories that come with the suspension, the straps, where you can basically take it outdoors. You can attach it to um, a tree or a post, or if you go on holiday, you can take it with you. And all it is is two straps and a couple of accessories. So it's very, very easy 
for you to take it on holiday, for example, if you're going away for a weekend break, or let's say we're here in Cornwall, we could have put one very easily, you know, in a bag and taken yeah. it with you. So it's a piece of equipment that is really versatile. You can have, you know, in your home, you can attach it to the top of a doorway, comes in with an anchor point for the door as well. Mm. So the great thing about it is it's versatile. It takes up hardly any space whatsoever, but you can do like a complete full body workout. Right. And it's amazing. And once you've used it, you can just put it away, you know, so it's brilliant. It's like the ultimate kind of mobile workout device. Definitely. And minimal as well. And the great thing, the reason I really liked it and I wanted to do the, um, the instructor's course was because very similar to kind of my FCM fit, our FCM fit philosophy, it not only kind of develops and strengthens, but it, it uh, forces you to activate the body's key stabilization muscles that create optimum posture. So, you know, in FCM Fit, we talk about muscle imbalance and correcting your posture and counterbalancing like everyday lifestyle. So if yeah. you spend a lot of time sitting over a computer or you have slightly rounded shoulders, tech neck. Tech neck which you did a video about soon, I believe. Yeah, all these little things something like suspension training will help you correct these because it doesn't isolate muscle groups it you have to because of the way that you're using um, the straps um, and leveraging your body against gravity you entice lots of different muscle groups and so your key stabilization muscles your inner core muscles are always being activated so even if you're working your biceps you're still going to be activating your key stabilization muscles so it, it it does your whole body and when I was doing the course actually it was a, a really interesting thing that came up where one of the things that suspension training you know experts say is that you're only as strong as your weakest part mm. and if you think about it your body's all connected so all the connective tissue in the body puts you together doesn't it your ligaments your muscles everything is connected to something else so if you yeah. have a weak point then you're only going to be as strong as that weak point. And if that weak point goes and you'll get an injury or, you know, you won't be able to be as powerful, as strong, as fast as potentially you could be because that weak point is kind of holding you back. So the great thing about suspension training is that it works the body as one whole unit. So it's unlike traditional sort of, you know, dumbbells and stuff, which, you know, can be isolating muscles or machines and things like that. This is like the ultimate all body sort of engagement it's like unison yeah you're working your body as one piece so even though you can isolate particular muscle groups you'll still always be engaging every other tissue you know in the body so that's what's so great about it so it kind of really reflects kind of what we believe with fcm fit which is kind of starting from the inside out making sure the inner muscles are strong before we start doing the external muscles so um so that's great and the other brilliant thing about it is it's really flexible in the sense that, you know, you don't have to be a trained athlete or gym goer to use it. The great thing about it is if you are, I mean, we use it and we've done really challenging yeah. circuits on it. We did that really challenging core one. You can do some really crazy stuff with it, like handstands and things like that, you know, when you do the pie cup and things yeah. like that. But having said that, if you're also like recovering from an injury or maybe getting back into fitness or maybe you're, you need a little bit of support, it's also a really great thing to use because depending on where you place your feet in relation to the anchor point will determine how difficult or easy an exercise is. Okay. So All because right, it I works see. on gravity, yeah, you can decide where you place your feet 
And that will determine whether you're going to have a lot of gravity, so a lot of force to, to lift up. Or if you move your feet further out, for example, then you'll have less force. So for somebody who maybe is a little bit insecure, a little bit, uh, you know, needs some help, you can use it as an assistance. So if you're doing a squat, for example, and you feel a bit wobbly, or maybe you're, you know, getting back from a leg injury or something, you need a little bit of assistance, then it's a great thing. It's something for you to hold on to, to help pull yourself up so that you can build your strength. That's great. It's good good to know. So, yeah, so the... Your placement of your feet and the distance you are from the anchor point will also determine how difficult. Yeah, how you can modify. So you've also got progression. Like when you first start doing it, you can, um, like for example, you're doing a chest press, for example, using the two straps. If you start with your feet quite far out from the anchor point, then it will be quite easy. And then as you as you practice, as you work. You can move the feet in towards the anchor point, which will put you more at an angle, which means you'll be pushing more against gravity, which will make the exercise harder. So you can also have progression. Oh, that's brilliant. So what you're saying is that, you know, suspension training is definitely something that everyone should try and put into their exercise regime. Yes, absolutely. It's great for everybody, whether you are a trained you know, athlete or you're somebody that's a regular gym goer, it's brilliant because you can really push yourself. There's some really kind of, you know, bizarre um, moves that you can do. Like we tried the pike, you know, where you, you go up um, almost into like a handstand. So really challenging. I mean, there's quite a lot of exercise you can do with it, isn't there? There's loads, yeah. But also on the other side of the spectrum, if you're somebody who's maybe recovering from an injury or you are getting back into training and you need a little bit of support and you need a little bit of help like you know even doing something like a simple squat maybe that might be challenging and something like trx suspension training is really good because you can actually help yourself you can use your upper body to help yourself back up so you can work your legs you can start to work your legs but you've got assistance there in the form of the the you know the the actual strapping so it's brilliant. It's basically for everybody. And generally when you buy these things, they'll come with a booklet of basic exercises that you can start off with. And then there's there's lots of stuff online as well. So yeah, I really recommend it. And uh, it's just a, a great tool to have. Cool. Right. Okay. So nutrition. Now, nutrition this week, we've been getting a lot of emails. Great. Keep them coming. You know, if you want to contact us, want to ask us anything about FCM Fit, about anything in general we'll do our best to get back to you and help you on your way um but we've had a couple of people email this week who subscribed to the mailing list and they were like ah help i don't know my portion sizes are out of control how do i how do i know how much to eat what to eat you know i just you know i don't know there's nothing out there well there is and actually, there are some quite easy techniques that you could follow by to give you a good rough idea of portion sizes. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is all available actually on our website as part of our nutrition section for our members. There are just really simple things that you can do. We're all for kind of simple swaps. Everything's got to be quite easy. There's no kind of, you know, hardship when it comes to diet and, you know, your eating patterns and things like that. And this is one of them. And all it is, is basically having a bit more of an understanding about portion sizes and easy ways of working out what you're, you know, what size portions you're supposed to eat and what actually, what actually is a portion. Cause it's okay, you know, on the eat well plate, if you know what the eat well plate is, it's basically telling you what food should be 
on your plate. So, for example, they say, you know, five portions plus of fruit and veg, three to four portions of starchy carbs, two to three portions of like, you know, dairy or alternatives, etc., etc. But what is meat and fish? But what is a portion? And we're all different sizes. And I think what's, uh, you know, associationlikenutrition.org is saying is that your portion size is, is personal to you. I'm five foot two and I weigh what I weigh. You are whatever height you are. So we are completely different body size and our bodies are going to need different calories and different food intake. So we, we shouldn't really be eating the same portions. So a really quick and easy way to have a, a rough idea that will really help you visually when you're eating out, when you're cooking for yourself is to use your hand yeah. as bizarre as it sounds but it's really interesting you use your palm to work out the portion like of rough, various foods it gives, rough, you, a good it gives you a good indication so for example uh, you know a piece of meat is roughly the size of your palm right yeah so if you look at your palm it does look like it could be like a you know a little steak you know and my, mine's relatively small and i i think that would be right for me yeah and obviously your palm's slightly different um you've got things like fruit um fruit and veg is basically one handful or more i think that's so, the same with nuts and grains as well same with it? nuts and grains so there's like a big portion you know it could be kind of quite a, a large amount so if you cup your hand and you fill it with like berries or something how many berries can you get in the in the, in the cup of your hand my amount will be slightly different to your amount you've got things like cheese is you put your thumbs together and then the top part of your thumb just where the joint is of your two thumbs together is like generally the size of cheese that that's really small for me i mean i love cheese you love cheese when i eat cheese i eat way more More than than my portion size (laughs) but at least i know in my mind that i've done that and it's okay that i've done that because i love cheese but it gives you a really good indication there's lots of other things on the uh on the information pamphlet that you get the pdf which basically also things like you know half a cup full of this is what one portion sizes four tablespoons of that so you've got your hand and then also you've got kind of other utensils that you can use that will give you a rough indication and it just gives you like a visual thing doesn't it 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 helps Mm. when you can visualize something and then you can work out right have i overdone this have i've got too much mash have i got is my steak too big is you know well i I don't think many people really take in consideration portion sizes i mean i think to an extent, when you go out to eat or you go to a nice restaurant, you know, it's a typical thing, go to a Michelin-style restaurant and there's literally like, you know, a little piece of meat and a yeah. pea on a plate. But what people do tend to do is that they get into this kind of comfort zone, which is, you know, I mean, we've all done it. We love doing it. We love being in at home at the weekend. And, um, and you know, it's something comforting about being at home, making some nice food, sitting down, mm. eating it all, you know, it's something comforting. But... You know, people can tend to pile their plate up like a mountain because that gives them comfort because they kind of look at it and go, oh, there's a lot of food there. They put everything on it. And actually, it's not really what you should be doing because that is essentially overeating. Yeah, it absolutely is. But I think the great thing about having this, to have this visualization is the fact that even if you do do that, you can recognize that you've done that. But at least you know in your head what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. Because you, so it's just a couple of other interesting ones. You've got, um, chicken breast about half the size of your hand. Right. So a chicken breast should be about half the size of you, you know, the middle part of your hand. You've got pasta, um, which is actually handful. So you put, cut your hands together and that's, you know, uh, the amount of 
pasta. Yeah. Got dried porridge is well, about grand, isn't it? yeah sure. half a handful, one and a half handfuls. So if you've got this list, let's say you put this on your fridge, yeah. then you can just refer to it, and over time you'll just learn the basics, and that will really that's help. a really good idea. Actually, that is a really good idea. I think we'll do that as well. Is get a list, print cut it, it out, print it, write it, do whatever you want to do, stick it on the fridge. Because we actually we have quite a lot of stuff stuck on our fridge. We do, yeah. We have uh, the well, we've got we've got this nice little sheet telling us of all the seasons for veg, mm. fruit. Meat, when's in season, when, when it's not in season. We also have kind of, you know, carbohydrate kind of lists, grains, legumes lists. You know, it's quite really, really useful to mm. do. And the best thing is use your fridge. Print it out, stick it on there, because then it will always be where it should be, where you get where the food is. Yeah, and if so you it, learn that the basics, like there's, there's staple foods, there, isn't it? Like fruit, veg, you know, um, meat, pasta. If you learn the basics of what quantities you're supposed to have for one portion size then you'll remember. Yeah. There you are. Then if you overeat, you overeat. Use your hand. Use your head and use the size of your hand to make sure you are eating the right amount of foods. So, life. Now, we mentioned earlier, very briefly at the beginning of the show, I think we were all quite taken aback by what happened a couple of weeks ago with Caroline. As we said, we didn't really know her. But when you all sort of work within an industry and get, you know, are exposed and deal with some of the similar things, you do feel like you are a part of of it. And, you know, we've always said, we've said to you from the very beginning, FCM Fit is this, this and this. Why are we doing it? Because of this, this and this. And it, actually, if you go back and listen to our first three shows, podcasts, we break down the reasons why we are doing this. And in, I think in maybe in the life episode, we did talk a little bit about the reasons why we decided to do different things, why we're not carrying on within the world that we were in. And there were lots of practical reasons, but I think there were lots of reasons that for us that we found quite challenging being in the public eye, being Having perceptions, I think it's all about public perceptions, and it's not so much about what the public per se think, it's about what the powers that be, the media, the press, the the magazines, they all like to portray you in a certain way. You know, it's very difficult for, and I found this as an actor, it was very difficult to actually have the ability to be seen in, in... five, six, seven, eight different lights. You know, you couldn't be multifaceted. You know, us as human beings are multifaceted individuals. But what they like to do is put you in a box. You know, whether you're a dancer from the telly, whether you're an actor of uh, ethnicity, whether it's you're fat, you're small, you're large, you're whatever. You then get that label and then you're put in that box. And if you then decide to move out of that box, which is quite natural, because actually you are a multifaceted individual. They can't deal with it. So then it's this constant, but but you're but you're that person. You, you you like those things and you behave in that certain way and that's what you are. 
well, actually, no, it's not what mm. I am. I'm mm. just like you. I have good days, bad days. I do certain things here, there, and everywhere. And life is a is a, a roller coaster of different experiences and emotions. So I think being in that media spotlight, it does bring together a lot of things that I would say in the most most the you know most people who are not in that do not have to face. And I think we've both obviously had our own tastes of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, for me, it um, it kind of really did affect me, you know, what happened because I, I can kind of see both sides where, you know, some people will look at somebody like Caroline and think, how on earth, you know, can you have so much on paper? Can you have such a fulfilled sort of life? What, what seems to be everything you could possibly dream of and want and yet be in such a you know a, a dark place really um I, you know obviously an unhappy place and uh, and yet there are so many people out there who are in that place and um I think there's different kinds of people isn't there there are people who look for the limelight who desperately want nothing else but to be well known and recognized and then there are other people who kind of find themselves being that not intentionally really it's just one thing led to another one decision led to another before you know it people know you whether you want to you know think of yourself as a celebrity or as somebody that's known someone that's followed whatever you find yourself like that so I think the people who want to be a celebrity sometimes will even create stories and put themselves you know they'll do anything to have whatever kind of press whether good or bad or anything just to have that feeling of being known but the people who aren't like that and maybe are known for whether it's being a a good presenter or you know a journalist or a um, you know a, a film star or a dancer and are known because of something that they do need to be treated I think slightly differently because if you are well known you are still a human being and you're still going to be on your own journey in life. And as with every human being, things will happen during your life because that's normal. So whether you're known or not, you are going to find love. You're going to probably break up. You'll, you know, you might get married. You might have kids. You might, whatever it is in life, you know, that life throws at you, you will go through that knowing that the rest of the world is going through that with you. Now, there are times in life when you go through things that are either personal or maybe they're slightly, you know, they're, they're not the best things that can happen to you in life. And if you're a normal person, nobody knows about you. You can, you know, talk to family and friends. You can overcome that. You can put it in a box away, you know, out of your mind and you can move on with your life. And that is pretty much it. When, unfortunately, you are in the limelight and you are known as a celebrity, when these things, you know, negative things happen to you in life, which they may well happen, you know, have happened to you even if you weren't known, these negative experiences are magnified and amplified. You're not able as a human being to fight through that negativity, whether it's a bad breakup or whatever it might be, put it in a box, store it away and move on with your life. Because whenever, you know, you get talked about, whenever there's a press piece or whenever you're even publicizing something really positive, 
the only thing they really want to know about is about that darkest moment in your life that you have tried to put in a box, move to one side and move forward. So for me, every time, you know, you, you, you know, I was asked to do maybe a press piece or something like that, offer would be the case. I was trying to publicize a theater production, for example, but the only thing they would ever be interested in would, would be that one single, you know, not nice period of my life. And the whole thing would be, basically the the worst therapy session you could possibly have so sometimes doing a press interview what people don't understand out there is all it is is a really bad therapy session because you're talking to somebody who's not a therapist they're not going to help your subconscious they're not going to help you become a better person and move forward all they're going to do is actually bring up emotions and feelings and negativity and draw things out of you that you really don't want to be doing well they're in effect sensationalizing your trauma Exactly. And that is what happens a lot. And that is what I can see from my side, what happened to Caroline Flack a lot. She'd had a lot of it, of her, whatever was going on in her life, and it was being used as sensational news fodder. Yeah. So when we say we're human beings and, you know, you know the thing, obviously, with, with Karen, it's been out there now, we obviously say it with FCM Fit is be kind. So, you know, society isn't kind. You know, the press are not kind, unfortunately. If you go through one bad experience, which you would, you know, everybody goes through in life. Let's I keep going on to a breakup as an example, but there's many out there. Everyone's probably been through a breakup. It's not a particularly pleasant time. You put it in a box, you move it away and you move on with your life. But when you're in the limelight, you're unable to do that. Every time you ask to do anything about anything... Even if you're doing a charitable event or something like that, the interview will probably be based around your breakup. Whether you like it or not, you are going to have to go into your subconscious, open the box and let it all out. And then that will get times probably by 100 because the truth is actually not all that exciting ever. But obviously they have to make it exciting. So then when you read it, you're reading your life times 100 because they've amplified it. And you've then got to mentally deal with that. You know what makes me laugh and we don't actually talk about it because we don't really give it the time of day but on the one side of the scale for example we all talk about positive affirmations we talk about positive words we talk about relating yourselves to and visualizing things that will push you forward in life and then that create a good energy around you right and this whole complete joke of a made-up press headline, which is the curse, which we all know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, some guy or girl in an office one day went, I've got a really good idea. We're going to call it the Nickling Hearse. We're going to call it that because it is. Now, that's fine. Crack on, mate. But at the end of the day, when I get a Google alert every single time that is mentioned in the press or in a magazine, and I know all of which ones which you are, all of those ones, and my name comes up in, in it with my wife's, that is wrong. That is wrong. Exactly. So what is wrong with that? Well, I mean, so what is right with you, whoever it is saying the word curse that is relating to probably the best moment of our lives, which is when we met and when we got married. Or people that 
are good people you know people who you know we're trying to help other people to reach out to get people fit you know and all of these things you know who has the right to to put our names anyone's names you know mix in a sentence which has got the word cursing which is not a word that you use unless it's like a horror movie or something like that I mean, you know if that isn't classified as a, some form of bullying i don't really know what else is and what we're supposed to just smile about it and giggle it off and brush it off our shoulder and move on in life no we are human beings with a subconscious and when we read that just like you would read something positive that negative thing that you read will stay with you and it will affect your subconscious and it will affect how you feel that day and nobody should have the right unless it's a positive thing to make you feel bad and that is on the lighter side. I mean, we're just talking about one thing, which, as I've said, we don't give the time of day. But, you know, 10 years later from when we met, it's a joke. It's a joke and it's an embarrassment that it is actually allowed. Yeah. That it is allowed. When you think about, you know, kids and bullying and, you know, all of those, uh, you know, very worthy charitable things that are out there to stop bullying and things like that but it's happening every day every time we see an article that's got our names in the curse on it it's it's a form of bullying if you're at school and somebody writes somebody's name and says they're cursed that would not be allowed it shouldn't be allowed so i can't even imagine and that's only you know obviously we're talking about one little thing here i think we both have obviously experienced our own other things as well you've had quite a lot of misconceptions conceived about you and I think that's the other thing is that there's a tendency like I said before of and I have a feeling from what I gathered from some of the things that said about the the you know the incident that happened to Caroline was that there is a perception that is created it's like this character is built you're this you're that you've done that now you know when that spotlight is on you there may be things in the background that you need to deal with. There may be things that you've done wrong. We all do things wrong. But you know what? Once that little thing's let out of the bag, then the beast is created. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there thinking, well, it's bad enough. You know, it's bad enough. Let's say you have a breakup. We have a, you know, a relationship as a breakup or a marriage or whatever. There's always that element of, I wonder what they think of me. I wonder what my ex is telling their friends about me. Because it's not how I'm feeling. There's two sides to every story. But can you, you know, you imagine you're there and then you feel like the whole world. Well, I've, you know, I've, I've been there. I I felt that. And it's mentally like, you know, if somebody who is, as you call me, HSP, so highly sensitive person is completely detrimental and it's very, very dangerous. You know, and I'm, for those few people who truly know me, know that I am an incredibly private person Mm. and to be in a position like that is the last thing I would ever ever want to be um and you know that's something I think people need to realize you know there are nice people out there who are getting attention they don't want and they don't deserve well let's just see I mean after you know obviously last couple of weeks there's been a lot in the press there's been a lot of on social media and let's look social media as we know, is an is a necessary evil in lots of ways. It is. We all now need to rely on it to a point to, especially people who have businesses who have, you know, we're trying to connect. It is one of the most amazing ways to connect people all over the world. It's there's nothing like it. However, it does open up all the other stuff. Yeah. 
So um, I think the the idea would be to just be aware of the good and the bad. But ultimately, as I said, there's a lot of me to talk about, but, you know, people just got to be nicer to each other. Now, I know everyone's saying, be kind, be kind. You just do it. Just do it. But the problem is, we know, we know the problem is that we've touched upon it earlier on about bad news and negative news and all of that. These huge corporations, these kind of news organisations, no one's interested really in good news. You know, no. it's, it's not even like now, you know, something relatively good that we're doing, which we're trying to help people. You know, we can, we've talked to people about it, whatever, but then they'll always go, yeah, so, so anyway, do you, um, they'll talk about something from the past. Do you remember your darkest time? Yeah, do you remember <laughs> that? Well, no, really, I'm, de- I'm dealing on, with that. I've yeah. moved on, I'm actually doing this now. Yeah. So, so we do also have to accept that we live in a society where negativity is rife. Yeah. And bad news is what apparently sells. So they're not helping humanity progress no. because they're not trying to change the way that we can feel and be. They're causing, they're feeding, yeah, they're, feeding. they're causing people to have mental health issues, and that's why I think it's such a massive thing. And the only thing we can do—it's a bit like it's funny—it's a bit like muscle imbalances. Lifestyle gives you muscle imbalances, and you use exercise to try and correct and outweigh the muscle imbalance. And it's the same with mental health lifestyle press you know news social media can can not always but can give you mental health issues you then need to counterbalance that through you know positive thinking meditation self-care all these things that we've been talking about in the life section because if you don't then you 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 can't win surely nowadays you can't win i mean we're we're getting into meditation and self-care because we don't have a choice if we don't, then it's like a one-way battle. Yeah. And so I think, as you know, bringing back what Camilla said was the fact that she felt that finally in the UK, people were becoming a little bit more, you know, like self-care meditation is not such a taboo thing to talk about. It doesn't mean, you know, that there's something wrong with you. When I think before a lot of people used to feel like that, actually we've all got mental health issues because we're living in a society where really we haven't got a chance so you've got to, you know, you've got to do your fitness to try and correct your muscle imbalances because, you know, you're sitting down a lot or not exercising enough or whatever. And then you have to do your self-care, your meditation, your positive affirmations and all of that to try and combat some of the negative news, the press and, you know, social media. And eat well. And eat well on top part of that. Of, it. of course, nutrition is about everything yeah. else. So... Well, I think over to you. We've talked enough about that. I think the message is just do what you say. Just be kinder. Just, you know, just let's just all treat each other a bit better. I think what was being said was if you're going to be anything, then be kind. Yeah. So I found, I came across this uh, this little uh, saying, um, little quote. I'm not sure who it's by, to apologise, but it was quite, um, I think it's quite simple and effective. So I'm just going to read it out. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Don't let what's happening around you get inside you and weigh you down. The FCM Fit Podcast with Jimmy and Flavia.